welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. So today I am here with Kyle Nystrom, the CEO and co-founder of Quim, a self-care line for humans with vaginas and humans without vaginas who love vaginas. So Kyle's story is amazing. We met, I think it was two years ago now at this like beauty and health convention. Um, and I'm just so glad to have you here today and to share your whole journey and how you created this amazing company. Thank you so much, Hannah. I'm super excited to be here today as well. Yeah. So first, let's start by having you share your story with us. There, like I read a bunch of amazing articles about you, and obviously when we met, you told me your whole story and journey, but I want everyone listening to know all about you. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, the story of Quim, um, I think probably like so many of us who have started companies that are aimed at um, helping with proactive vaginal health, um, it started with me and my own vagina. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, all of the women in my family are super susceptible to vaginal health issues, um, be it UTIs, yeast infections, vulvodynia, vaginitis, bacterial vaginosis, um, you name it, someone in my family has gone through it. I also played water polo in high school. I was never very good, but um, I did spend a lot of time in a wet bathing suit. And I got my first UTI um, about probably a week and a half after the first time I had sex, Um, penetrative penis-vagina sex, that Mm -hmm. is. Um, And that UTI, um, it escalated. It actually turned into a kidney infection. Um, And from there, I had to go on multiple rounds of antibiotics. Um, I had to go to the hospital. and I think, as is probably pretty a common story for most people who have gone on antibiotics for UTI, um, the antibiotics took care, finally took care of the UTI, but then it also wiped my body of all of the good bacteria mm-hmm. that was helping maintain my vaginal pH. And so I ended up with a yeast infection. Yeah. Um, and that cycle that started when I was about 18 years old continued for the next, you know, six to eight years. I was in this constant cycle of, you know, feeling like I was getting a UTI, going on antibiotics, and then definitely getting a yeast infection. Or And then it just felt like I could never quite break the process, break mm-hmm. the cycle. Um, 
And, you know, when I was in college, um, it was a lot harder to get a prescription for Diflucan, which is an over-the-counter, you know, um, pill that you can take that will take care of most vaginal yeast infections. Um, so I was using a lot of Monistat. Monistat will take care of, you know, I think it's about 96% of vaginal yeast infections, but the ingredients in it are really drying. Yeah. And so it would send me right back to what I later found out was, you know, the lubricants that were really exacerbating this problem. So it was, you know, probably when I was about 23, um, I started to think about proactive as opposed to reactive vaginal health. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I realized that if this is the body that I was in, um, and Hannah, I was actually reading some of your bio and I feel like there's so many similarities with our story. I know, which is Um, why I was like, and I said to you before we started recording, but like you've been, since I met you, you've just been someone on my radar who I've wanted to have on a podcast for so long. So there are so many similarities. I think it's such, um, yeah, there's so many similarities and I think, you know, something that really just strikes me when I read, you know, when I read stories like yours and how, how much overlap there is and, but that I think about how alone I felt Mm -hmm. during that time and how, you know, I was brought up in a pretty like groovy sex positive household and I still felt so ashamed of this. And I remember being in college, um, and I was like walking back from the dining hall with some girl who like, I, you know, I kind of knew, but we weren't close friends. And she was like walking kind of funny or something. And I asked, I was like, are you okay? And she's like, oh yeah. She was like, I think I have a yeast infection. And I was like, oh girl, like, don't I know about that? And she looked at me and she was like, oh yeah, I heard you get a lot of those. And I remember I've never been so embarrassed in my my life because it's like, we weren't that close. But the fact that she knew, I was like, oh my God, does everyone know? Do people think I'm dirty or gross? Or like, don't bathe. And I think about that moment of shame Mm -hmm. and how instead of feeling shameful, I could have felt like, oh, wait, this is like a moment of connection and I can actually probably help this girl out because she's right. I do go through it a lot. And instead of being like embarrassed and turning like bright red, I could have been like, yeah, here's what I would recommend. Right. Um, And I think it wasn't until, um, so when I was about 23, I started making, um, making a version of, I had found these tea tree suppositories in like the Whole Foods in California. Um, And they were the first thing that really helped me. Um, And they, you know, tea tree is an antimicrobial, antibacterial. um, And And they were helping you with like yeast and and bacteria and dryness and all of that. Yeah. Uh And I think it was helping, you know, it has a very cooling sensation. Um, I would feel, you know, a lot of inflammation and like burning after sex um even if I like showered and peed and did all the things like these right. doctors that don't really know what they're talking about tell you to do um but I couldn't find them again so I was like you know what like I looked up some like candy trays on Amazon like googled some you know homebrew recipes mm-hmm. and I just started making my own stuff and it was definitely like a Goldilocks situation <laughs> like the first batch is pretty bad um, but it was the first step I took in sort of taking back, um, my own, taking this into my own hands. I think that's and, so cool. But so hold on, can we talk for a second about like, how did you know what to do and what to make? Um, Just I research? Mean, I spent, yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time, a lot of <laughs> time on those like corners of the internet that have like a lot of like yin yangs and like yeah. someone is playing like Enya on the background of the website. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we've all read about like, 
oh, you can try using yogurt. Um, you could, I've like read that you could try using like a clove of, a clove garlic, of garlic I know. or something. And I tried a lot of those. Most of them were pretty disastrous, but the tea tree thing worked for me. Um, and it was, you know, I, the first time I found those, I was in a Whole Foods and, you know, in every, in like the apothecary aisle, of the Whole Foods, there's always some like very groovy witchy woman mm-hmm. who can like help you out. Um, but then I couldn't find them again. So I just started kind of trying to make my own stuff. Um, and that was actually, you know, these little suppositories that I was making, um, they really worked. It was really helping me. Um, and it wasn't until probably about 2015 or 2014, um, I tried a cannabis infused lube and I was like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. And I felt all of the amazing sexual benefits, um, of using, you know, cannabis vaginally, And I just thought to myself, well, what if we combined this, you know, with the ingredients that I'd already found that were really helping me? You know, I think that we tend to think of, particularly being in the cannabis industry, we tend to think of things as either medicinal or recreational. And I thought, you know, I think of sex as both medicinal or recreational. It's non-binary, you know, Mm -hmm. it's good for you and it gives pleasure. Um, And so we just saw an opportunity to, I think, include cannabis in these products because we saw their ability to help with inflammation, um, to help, uh, increase natural lubrication. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it was really, you know, kind of a, a happy accident, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, then I started making, you know, cannabis infused, um, products just for my girlfriends or whoever would take them. Um, I was really just like, anytime I was at a party, I had like a few little that's basic so jars funny. with me. Um, and then it wasn't until, um, I actually started working in the cannabis industry, um, that I realized that there were actually legs to this product and people wanted it. So I feel like it's a product that, I mean, a lot of people want. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, at least when we started, you know, when we incorporated the business and I started working with my business partner, Rachel, um, who's like an old friend of mine, we grew up together in San Francisco, um, we didn't realize, you know, not a lot of people were talking about this kind of stuff. It was so funny, Hannah, when we met at the Indie Beauty Expo, I remember so many people coming around being like, vaginas are so hot right now. They're so trendy. And CBD is so trendy. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, in the last few years, there have been so many more people willing to address this and sort of take shame out of the conversation and just, like, normalize these conversations. Totally. Um, so yeah, that's, sorry, I guess that was a bit long-winded. No, that no, no. we got into it. So I have a question. Do do some of your products have THC in California or is it all just CBD? Um, yes. Yeah, so in our first products were THC-based formulas. I mm-hmm. mean, we use a full plant extract. So there's not just THC, there's THCA, um, there's other cannabinoids in there. Our first products were only available in California dispensaries. And what we realized is that there was just a much, much bigger market than just in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had gotten some good press. We were on Viceland TV on their show, Slut Ever. Um, and so we had built, you know, we had a little bit of brand awareness and we had all these people, you know, not just throughout the U.S., but throughout the world who really wanted these products. Mm-hmm. And we were not able to ship them to them. Um, it's not legal. And that's just not yeah. how we run our business. And so, you know, everyone was telling us, like, you have to make a CBD product. You have to make a CBD product. This is probably back in 2018. And we knew that we would eventually make a CBD product. But I felt like at that time, so many people were just 
putting CBD into a product and then charging a lot for it, you know, yeah. just marking up the price by, you know, let's say 25, 35%. Um, and so we actually, it took us about, you know, a year and a half to develop our CBD products because we wanted to make sure that they were effective and we weren't just, you know, swapping out THC for CBD and ex- expecting that it would work the same way because they don't work the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, there are overlaps. But they, you know, those cannabinoids interact with your body very differently. Can you talk for a minute about the differences between CBD and THC, I guess, in the formula of lube or in the form of lube? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So our THC products, um, we have two of them. We have Night Moves uh, Intimate Oil and Oh Yes um, Latex Safe Serum. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the main difference between those are one of them is an oil, so it's not compatible with latex condoms. The other one is an aloe vera base, so it is compatible with latex condoms. Um, But when THC is absorbed vaginally, um, it acts as a vasodilator. So it's actually going to increase blood flow to that part of your body. Um, You won't experience a psychoactive but you know I like to think like your vulva and your clitoris and you know your perineum if you chose to apply it there they do Mm -hmm. get sort of high so there's an increase of blood flow to that area Um, increased blood flow means more like increases your natural lubrication so you're less dependent upon other types of lube Um, it tends to enhance sensation Um, in our small user studies it's made it a lot easier for people to climax you know I think um, you know, the, the, the climax gap between people with vaginas and people with penises is pretty huge. So that's yes. always really important to us. Um, and it, we have seen that it can tend to, well, even though it heightens sensation, it actually can help with um, decreased penetrative pain. Mm-hmm. And so that's on the THC side. Um, CBD, on the other hand, is a known anti-inflammatory. And so much of, you know, when you think about pelvic floor pain or endometriosis or vulvodynia or vaginitis, we have an inflamed part of your body. Um you know, there is a lot of tension there. And so CBD can help relax the pelvic floor. Um, it can help reduce post-coitus vaginal inflammation, aka puffy taco, uh, one of my favorite euphemisms. I was reading about that. <laughs> yeah, so it can really help um, with people who have penetrative pain. Which Can you explain what the- puffy taco is? <laughs> yeah, um, puffy taco, I love it because I think most of the time, you like, if you if you hear the words like you know what it means um but it is you know after having penetrative sex a lot of people with vaginas um can experience some inflammation Mm -hmm. a puffy vagina if you will um and that is you know that can be that can happen for a lot of different reasons um maybe you were um you weren't using enough lube and so there was more friction or maybe you're just sensitive like i'm just sensitive and Mm -hmm. so every time you know whenever i have sex like i or whenever I get out of the shower, I get out of the bath, I use happy clam because, um, because the CBD really does help. And I think sort of inherent in our company culture is thinking about cannabis, the cannabis sativa plant, which you can have THC forms or hemp derived CBD forms. Um, we really look at it as one of our active ingredients and it's Mm -hmm. a really powerful active ingredient, but it also works very well with other ingredients. So, you know, when I started seeing all these companies selling really expensive CBD products that a lot of them were just, you know, maybe it was just coconut oil and a CBD extract. Well, you know, if you are, I mean, not everyone can make that themselves, but a lot of people can make them th- right. make that themselves. Like, get a crock pot. Like, you can you can DIY that. Um, and I think you know, 
we wanted to make sure that we were harnessing the power of some of these other plants that I had, you know, found out about in my many year, like cycle of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just think that, you know, yes, we use THC. Yes, we use CBD, but we also use Damiana, which is an ancient aphrodisiac herb. We use apricot kernel oil, which is high in alpha lympaic acid, which can help your skin heal faster. We use violet extract, um, you know, every ingredient in the product is there for a reason. Um, so, you know, when people say like, oh, that, that smell, it smelled so good. And I was like, that's hilarious. Cause like, we don't use any fragrances. Like right. you're actually smelling the extracted herbs, which I think is, is pretty cool. So cool. And that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you next, which is to talk about the ingredients in all of your products, because everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows that I am crazy about ingredients and products and that there's very, very, very few products that I now use on my vagina. Um, And, you know, you guys, your mission is so closely aligned with my views and, and my whole system of the way that I take care of my, my intimate health. And I think that that's why like I just felt such a strong connection to you and your brand and your products and everything that you're doing but I want you to talk more about the importance of clean minimal ingredients and what the ingredients are in your products and you know just elaborate a little bit more on why they're so beneficial for women in general but also women who have any sort of a vaginal health issue yeah well I I mean I first want to say that um you know, I like to say vaginas are like snowflakes. Um, everyone is a little bit different and, you know, everyone reacts differently to different pro- uh, different ingredients. Mm-hmm. And so for us, when, you know, our first product was our Night Moves Intimate Oil. And sorry, it, to, sorry to interrupt you, but I also try so hard to make it a huge point of mine just to let people know why so many of the generic um, CVS, Walgreens, mm-hmm. Lou brands are so bad for you. Yeah. And why it's so important to, for people to be aware of, of a product like yours as an alternative to these more mainstream companies. Totally. Um, well, I think that, you know, we'll start out with, you know, the fact that the most widely available, the cheapest, the most commonly used lubricants are glycerin-based. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very cost-effective way to make a lube. We use glycerin in a lot of other products we interact in our, you know, we use on our body. It's the basis of a lot of soaps. Um, what I think people don't realize is that glycerin is a metabolic byproduct of sugar. So every time you use a glycerin-based lube, so we're talking about your Astroglides, your KYs, if you can get it at CVS, um, just, well, actually, they're, they, you know, they now carry, like, Sustain at CVS, and they carry some really great aloe-based lubes. Um, but just knowing that most, you know, over 50% of people with a vagina prefer to have sex with some type of lubricant, and yet the most widely available are glycerin based and every time you use them you know if you have any bacterial um if you have you know you're feeding the bacteria mm-hmm. uh, with that glycerin based lube and so it can really exacerbate um these issues and then you know feminine washes that are scented or tampons that are scented like that will really so throw bad. off your, your entire cycle and it's like i'm sorry 
whoever invented scented tampons, like there is a special place in hell for that person. And I, I bet it was not a woman. Yeah, um, crazy. And so our products, we, you know, were really born in a reaction, you know, in reaction to those types of products. Um, and so ingredients like, um, you know, some oils are not like not everyone can use oil-based products some for, for some people they're exacerbating mm-hmm. for me coconut oil um was i found it to be you know when i looked into it it had anti-candidal properties um it was soothing it was moisturizing um and it was a great carrier for cannabis mm-hmm. um so we um, we infused it with cannabis and then we added a little bit of tea tree, um, you know, really low dose of tea tree um, because it's a powerful essential oil. Um, but tea tree is a known antibacterial, antimicrobial. Um, it also has a really nice cooling sensation, which, you know, the our products take particularly on the, you know, let's say THC side, you know, they'll take like 15 to 20 minutes for them to kick in. So mm-hmm. we kind of think of them as like foreplay for your foreplay. Right. Um, but what I like about using tea tree is when you apply it, you feel an instant cooling sensation. I think for me, that sort of dichotomy between the cooling and then in, you know, about 15 minutes feeling that increased sensation of warming coming from the cannabis, um, it actually, it sort of heightens my body to you know, tuning into my vaginal health and my libido. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the brain is the biggest sex organ, um, but sometimes it can be really helpful to use something to get, you know, to sort of wake the rest of your body up. Totally. Um, we, in that product, we also use um, a Damiana extract um, or an infusion of Damiana herbs. Wait, Damiana which product is, is this again? Um, so this is both our um, Night Moves Intimate Oil and Happy Clam. Oh, right, okay. So our, both of our oil-based products on the CBD and THC side um, have MCT oil, um, they have Damiana, they have um, tea tree oil. Damiana has a really, um, it has been shown to help increase the frequency of orgasms. It's also been shown to help with vaginal elasticity. You know, a lot of women when they're recovering from a vaginal birth, but these products can be helpful in aiding them in that, you know, in that healing process. Um, so though our oil-based products, um, those are some of our star ingredients on the happy clam side, another oil-based product. Um, like I said earlier, we use apricot kernel oil, which has alpha lympaic acid, um, which can help skin heal faster. We have violet extract, um, violet has helped, uh, it's a soothing skin. It can help soothe sensitive skin. Um, and then for our water-based products that are, are products that are safe to use with latex condoms and silicone toys, um, actually all of your toys, um, <laughs> those are, so we have, oh yes, latex safe serum and then smooth operator intimate serum. Um, what was so, you know, both of those products took a really long time to develop. Um, the main reason being um, cannabis is a lipid soluble. So usually to get the best, um, the highest potency, the most like bioavailability of cannabis, you want to extract it in a fat. Um, in our instance, that was an MCT oil. And obviously those are not compatible with latex condoms. So we had to go through the process of finding a way to make a cannabis extract water soluble without using glycerin. Mm -hmm. And it took a really long time. There weren't, um, I would say now there are a few more options on the market. Um, When we launched it, there really weren't. Um, And it was really important for us to find an alternative to glycerin. And what we found was that aloe vera makes for an amazing lubricant base. 
you know, I tend to say like, even if, um, even if you don't want to try putting THC or CBD in your vagina, um, switch from a glycerin-based lube to an aloe-based lube. Mm-hmm. Um, aloe vera is naturally antifungal, anti-candidal. Um, it doesn't, you know, it, it soaks into your, it's moisturizing. It doesn't get that tacky feel of a lot of lubricants. Um, and it's all natural. So that's, yeah, those, that's a little bit about, um, yeah, the ingredients in the products, you know, I really do believe that like there is no sort of silver bullet of this. Like, yeah, I, there isn't I completely a agree with that. All. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, every time we develop a product, we hear from our community, like, Oh, here's what we need. Like, right. Oh, I need a CBD version of this because I'm recovering from a vaginal birth and I need something to help with the vaginal tearing I experienced, or I need something that is safe to use with condoms because, yeah. you know, for the first year and a half or two years that we were on the market, our product, you know, essentially if someone's like, cool, how do I use this with a partner and I'm using a condom? We'd have to be like, don't. Right. <laughs> and that is really limiting, especially when you're, you know, trying to address um, a, a bigger swath of the population. Mm-hmm. But I think that's such an important point that it, it's really not like a one size fits all type of world. Um, yeah. And, and especially like in this space, you know, if what? If, if one if a product works well for one one woman there's just no guarantee that that's going to be the perfect product for another woman and that their body's going to react the same way as someone else's and um it's just a good it's a great point because even when i am using products and sharing them with my community i always say i'm like this is a product that i love that's worked amazing for me that i trust you know the ingredients and the brand and try it for yourself but there's like no guarantee so I think it really is interesting just to hear from like as you said to hear from your customers and to just listen to the feedback and that you keep on growing and evolving and using all of the customer feedback to just continue to create products that are amazing thank you yeah Yeah. it's um it's been you know it's a journey I'm excited to see um yeah, I'm excited to see where else it goes. You know, I think um, every time, like I said, every time we launch a product, we learn so much more about our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, they're our community. They're the, yeah. they're the reason why we built these products. Yeah, and it's so rewarding, I'm sure, just to hear from your customers how the products have helped them and changed their lives. Because, you know, as we both know that these are products that women need, but before you know a few years ago they didn't exist so it's pretty cool yeah um yeah i I mean there are so many ups and downs of running a business in these highly regulated spaces that um you know i would say it's it's the emails we get from people that say like hey this actually really helped me um that's what keep us going you know Mm -hmm. we when we launched smooth operator we launched it um in partnership with an organization called the thrive gang um it is a cancer survivor network that is really on a mission to change the narrative from surviving cancer to thriving with cancer and thriving post-cancer um especially as women are getting diagnosed with breast cancer or ovarian cancer younger and younger Mm -hmm. um which is really terrifying but it also means you know they're um their survival rates are a lot higher, but now we need to 
you know, they have to, so many of these women have to deal with the fact that they're, you know, maybe 30 years old and have been through multiple rounds of chemo and now they're pretty much in early menopause. Yeah. And so many of these issues, you know, maybe they, they're just getting their romantic or sexual lives kicked off and now suddenly, you know, they experience these vaginal health issues at, so, at alarming rates. And when you add that to the stress of trying to beat cancer, you know, it's something that it's only very recently people are starting to talk about. And I think that that has been maybe the, one of the most rewarding things we've done is um, I get to talk to these women after they've used the product for about a month and record their stories. And, you know, it's really powerful hearing that sometimes, you know, maybe it's been years since some of these women felt like they had a libido or they could have sex without pain and right. they feel like they have something for them now. That's so cool. Thank you for doing this, really. It's amazing. Oh, thank you for doing this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, you know, normalizing this. I think it's so it's so brave and I think it is like a major kind of responsibility of our generation. Like our mom's generation felt really squeamish talking about this mm -hmm. and they don't even want to refer to their vagina as their vagina. They call it like their hoo-ha or something. <laughs> and I do actually think it is kind of, you know, it is one of our major responsibilities as the, you know, we're not as squeamish about this. Yeah. And I think if you have dealt with these health issues, then you know what, you've probably like gotten a bit of a thick skin about talking about it. And it is, you know, I think it is like a responsibility that probably both you and I have, we've gone through these issues, therefore, we don't get embarrassed talking about it anymore. It's so true. And we need we need to normalize it for other people because there's so many people, you know, there's so many stories like ours. And I think carrying them with shame and secrecy um you know i haven't done enough research on this but i think i would i would argue that that will exacerbate the problems i i cannot agree more and it's funny because someone once asked me they're like how did you get and i'm sure people ask you this all the time but how did you get so comfortable talking about this and and, and your everything you've been through and you know everything that you talk about now and i was like once you've been through this and you were forced to talk about it whether it was to doctors or family or friends or whoever you had to talk mm -hmm. about it to, at least for me, I was like, I use the word vagina like a bajillion times a week that it just, yeah. talking about this just stopped phasing me. Also, you know, you and I are similar in that we're also probably way more comfortable talking about this than the majority of the population, which is why like it's so important that we do this work. But I do really believe that anyone who is struggling to talk about their own body and whatever they're going through. The, it's like a practice. The more they do it, the more comfortable they'll become. Absolutely. And I think it's, um, you know, just like you said, it's so important that those of us who are going through these, who have gone through these issues and I've talked to so many doctors and have been misdiagnosed or gaslit or just told that we should, you know, keep taking antibiotics, every, you know, every other month. I think it is, you know, the only way that I was able to, and I can't even, I won't even say I've overcome these health problems. See, like I will have, I, it's something I will deal with my entire life. If mm -hmm. I have kids, it will completely, you know, re retool the whole ecosystem and yeah. then there'll be all these new issues. And I just feel so grateful to have 
you know, not just to feel comfortable in talking about it, but, you know, to also be building community around it. And I think that's something that's so, it's so important that like, you know, there are hundreds and thousands of people who are, you know, following your podcast. Like that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that people wouldn't even talk about a few years ago. And now there's a freaking pod, there there are podcasts about it. And I just think like, you're just providing such an important service. And I just, you know, I think, um, yeah, the community aspect is, I would say, you know, the product creation is important, but I would say it, you know, for us, obviously we're a product company, we make products. So that is our focus. But I would say, you know, the mission of creating community around this is almost, you know, probably more impactful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just hearing from women who you, I know, you know, for myself and hearing from women who you've made an impact on is just like a huge motivation to keep on doing what you're doing whether it's you know a podcast or a product or anything in this space that's helping people um but I want to ask you are there any other resources besides your products that you can recommend like books that you have helped you or even other podcasts like any anything that you love and trust and think would help other other women yeah, I mean, I think, you know, your podcast, obviously, huge right. resource for people. Um, I think finding a doctor that mm-hmm. listens to you, you know, finding, if you are experiencing these issues, like, you know, you don't even have, they don't have to be chronic for you to want to address them. And I think yeah, finding that's a, good a specialist, um, you know, I think so many women, um, you know, we tend to have a much higher pain tolerance than men. And we tend to just like, I think you know, think that this is just part of being a woman or this is part of having a vagina and therefore, you know, this is, uh, it's like the curse of Eve. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just knowing that, um, you know, whether it's normal or not, you, you, it's within your right to seek help and it's within your right, um, when finding a doctor and talking to a doctor to find someone who listens to you. And you know what, if your doctor isn't listening to you, find a new freaking doctor, email me or Hannah and, you, we can help you find, you know, I'm sure, you know, so many doctors who are really, um, you know, addressing these issues and are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, there is an influencer and a writer. She writes for Buzzfeed. Her name's Laura Ray Parker. Um, I think she just released a book called vagina problems. You know, there, I would say even within the, you know, social media, you know, there are so many things I don't like about social media, but one of the coolest things about it is it can create these communities of people from all over the world that are able to share their experiences and share their resources. So, you know, if you're experiencing, you know, if you have endometriosis, I would search the hashtag endometriosis on Instagram and find some of these women who have parlayed their experiences into books or lists of resources. You know, I don't think, um, you know, I think so much of like influencer culture is so self-promoting and so much about like fueling the, you know, the really harmful fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are amazing communities of, you know, women who are experiencing these issues or sex therapists or gynecologists or oncologists who are really speaking to these issues. So I think, um, you know, looking on Instagram, I also know that um, we work with a few doctors that are really amazing. Um, Dr. Jennifer Berman is one of them. She's in LA and she's just, 
you know, she's so up to speed on this kind of stuff. She's so willing to try anything um, and collect information from her patients, and she's just such a great resource. And so I think, you know, finding some of these doctors where even if you don't live in that area, they are amazing resources. You can go to their website, you can call their office and probably ask for a recommendation. I was about to someone, say that, yeah. Yeah, close to you. And I think, um, yeah, it really, you know, it's such a cool thing about the internet that yeah. you can, it allows us to connect with people all over the world and, excuse me, find um, find people who have similar experiences to us that we wouldn't have found otherwise. Mm-hmm. Thank you, because that's, I, I couldn't agree more. And I always say, you know, very similarly, like there are doctors that do believe you, that want to help you, that are open-minded and innovative and progressive. And while there are so many who aren't, unfortunately, there also are so many who are. So it's just really a matter of taking the problem into your own hands, being persistent, reaching out to people, finding communities with, with other women who have resources and just continuing to search for a doctor that is aligned with your beliefs and that works for you. And I think that that's also such an important step in actually healing. Like I know that when I found my current gynecologist, I was just blown away by like everything about her. Even when I was going through a lot of my own problems, I would leave her office so happy because she just made me feel optimistic about everything. And like, that was so helpful for me. So that's a really good point. I'm really, I'm really glad that you just shared that and and brought that up because I think it's important for everyone to know and and hear. Um, Yeah. And I think, I think something just to, you know, obviously find the right doctor, you know, find these resources online. But, um, I think, you know, something that we've sort of been dancing around, but I think is actually at the heart of what both of us are trying to do is at the end of the day, you, Hannah, are mm-hmm. actually just, you know, you might not be a doctor, you might not have a PhD, but you are actually the number one living expert on living in your body. Right. No one on this, in this whole freaking world knows more about what it's like to live in your body and experience your pain and your pleasure than you. Mm-hmm. And I think that so much of what we're trying to do um, is really reinforce this this thing that I think we've gotten kind of far from, you know, we can like, you can Google something on WebMD, you can like find all these resources, you can look for all these specialists. And I think that's amazing, but I think it's also contributed to the fact that people have kind of gotten, I think they've gotten a little bit far away from their own bodily intuition. Right. And you know, that's why, you know, we use, we say hashtag, you know, on everything. I love that you do know and like that's that doesn't amazing. mean don't talk to your doctor don't talk to your therapist or don't talk to your family but it means check in with yourself you know if you use if you use one of our products and one of you know your friends said you're gonna love this and you use it and it doesn't feel good guess what you know like yeah. then don't it's like you actually are the you are an authority on your own bodily experience and I think that that is something particularly when you're going through some of these more invisible chronic issues that are really hard to diagnose. Like, I I think it's so important to remember that like you do know what you're going through Mm -hmm. and like, don't let, don't let anyone take that away from you and don't take it away from yourself either. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And I'm so excited to share with everyone listening that if you want to try out some Quim products, all of the Beehive listeners can receive 10% off their first purchase by using the code 
vhive, that's V-H-I-V-E, at checkout on www.itsquim.com, and that's spelled I-T-S-Q-U-I-M. So check out their products, use the discount code, and as we've just been discussing, let us know what you think. You know, reach out to me, reach out to Kayo. Um, on that note, where can everyone contact you? Yeah, um, the best place to contact us is via our email list. It's hey at itsquim.com. Um, we read every single email, respond to them pretty quickly, if I do say so myself. Um, and then find us on Instagram at its.quim. Um, we respond to all DMs and, you know, really if you use these products if you like them if you don't let us know you know this is we are part of a vaginal health revolution and we need your voice because the more of us there are talking about it um the more this gets normalized and the more we'll actually start to get you know real resources behind it and scientific research behind you know these ingredients that we're using so i think it's really important thank you so much for being here and just talking about all of this and sharing everything that you did. It was really helpful, really interesting for me. And I just, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hannah. I'm just such a huge fan of your podcast and the work that you're doing. And I just, um, you know, I'm so grateful that I got to meet you a few years ago. I know. And we're finally making it happen now. So um, yeah, just thanks so much for having me and thanks for the work that you're doing. Of course. And for everyone listening, if you want to reach out to the Beehive, Send us an email at info at thevhive.com and follow us on Instagram as well at thevhive and leave a comment and a five-star rating <laughs> review on the iTunes podcast app um, and stay safe and stay healthy and I hope everyone is taking care of themselves and now going to try some Quim products to take care of their sexual intimate health so thanks again and we'll be back next week this podcast is for education purposes only it does not constitute the practice of medicine nursing or other healthcare professional services including the giving of medical advice during the episodes no doctor-patient relationship is formed The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.